So in recent times, things were happening back to back in my life, all of them calling for my attention. And being an introverted introvert, I was forced to think on a normal day, I think. But now I'm, I was forced to think because I was navigating very new terrains, stuff that I didn't think I would have to walk through in my life and stuff that if you told me, even as a prophecy, I that told you to go to hell. But hey, we're here now and what lessons are we having to learn? Hey dear, this is Anne Ajadi with Dear Anne and this is the Walk With Me series. This is where we walk on water. This is where we remind ourselves that we embody Jesus. We are the only epistles mankind is going to read or interface with until they meet, go and meet their father. So what that does, it, it makes us circumspect. It makes us realize that the world is waiting for our manifestation. You are the solution somebody is waiting for. You are the answer to someone's prayer today. So live your life intentionally. Live your life deliberately, understanding that God is counting on you to make his wonders known in this life. Welcome. Have you ever felt, how did we get here? What is the meaning of what is going on? How am I supposed to navigate my way through this? I don't understand what is going. Hey, you are in good company. And today I'm here to say to you, do not waste the season of your life. It doesn't matter what season you're in, the morning, afternoon, or evening. In the morning, everything is possible. Life is good. Everything is jolly. Um, everyone is attending to you because you are just a child. Even God answers your prayers pronto. So you don't, you know possibilities, you don't know negativities, you know that things work, you know the wonders of the world. In the afternoon, you are not so sure, but life is good. You are in the prime of your life, you are achieved, all your efforts are coming to fruition, everything is good. And yes, there are curveballs here and there, things are, you know, things that challenge your, your thinking you know, challenge your faith, challenge your belief system and all of that, but nothing that you cannot handle. And you start to approach the evening. Actually, the evening comes on you. One day you wake up and you are not so young anymore. And seasons have passed, seasons have come, waters are under the bridge. Oh, the skies are red, the skies are dark, the skies are bright. It does not matter. There are seasons of life. There is nighttime and daytime. They must follow the sequence. There are cycles of life. And you, my dear friend, must navigate the cycles of your life. I'm here to say to you, don't waste the seasons. Whether morning, afternoon, night, whether light or dark, do not waste the season. There are lessons on every path that you tread. There are things to pick from that path. Understand this. God does not waste resources. He does not understand why you should waste or let's say, no, God understands everything. But hey, my point is that God does not want you to waste it. He is going somewhere. The good, the bad, the ugly seasons of your life are all so they are all part of a package leading you to God's expected end, to leading you to a future with hope. Hear this. God decides. God says to you, I won't leave you comfortless. I will lead 
due in the way to go. I will send you the Holy Spirit. He says, don't worry. I know what I think of you. I know how I believe in you. I have put my spirit in you and I, I, I am invested in you. So go. Go and manifest. He says in Matthew 5, shine your light that men may see your good works and love your father in heaven. They, they would look for your father in heaven because of how you manifest him. So, and this you would have to do in your morning, afternoon, or night seasons. There are lessons on the way. Proverbs tells us that wisdom is stand, sitting at the crossroads, is standing at the, the street corners, and is shouting wisdom, is shouting understanding. He is there, right there to show you what God is saying, is right there to lead you in the way, is right there to point you in the way. Have you ever been on those um, remote villages where the signposts are not as legible and yet you must navigate your way, traverse your way through those terrains. The signs are there. They may just be handwritten. Some may be uh, weather-beaten, but they are there. And beyond that, what are the lessons that your father taught you? What are the lessons that your mother taught you? And before you tell me that my mother didn't teach me anything, that nothing that she taught you is, is a lesson in itself. It's a lesson to say that it is possible to have a mother that, or a parent that is supposed to have deposited so much into you. And maybe in your case, they didn't deposit as much, but you're still alive. And life is teaching you. Guess what? The Bible says in the book of Romans, nobody is without excuse because nature is there teaching all the lessons that we are supposed to learn. So every day, my dear friends, Psalm 19 verse 2, it says that day unto day utter speech, night unto night shows knowledge. So whether they taught you at home or they taught you outside, there is speech, there is knowledge that you are supposed to countenance. There are things that you are supposed to attend to because they are there in the street corners shouting at you. They are there in the highways begging you to understand. It says, after all, in the book of Proverbs, buy knowledge, seek for light, look for what, what will show you how to go. They are there. The signs are there. The warnings are there. The speeches are there. The, the instructions are there for you to see. Jesus was talking. He said, when you see certain signs, you know it's summer. When you see certain times, you know it's winter. When the day breaks, you know day has broken. Nothing can stop that. The seasons are there to tell you what you are supposed to do. Now, wisdom demands that if it is morning, you deal as morning. If it is afternoon, you deal as afternoon. If it is night, you deal as night. But no matter what you do, do not waste your resources. And in telling this story, let me I mean, go through, summarize the life of Joseph. Understand this. Joseph was Rachel's firstborn son. Rachel had to wait to have Joseph. And when Joseph was born, Joseph was the beloved of his father because he was the son of a loved wife. Jacob loved Rachel. He, she was the love of his life. But yet, hey, God was going somewhere with with. The whole story. Leah was the first wife. Leah was the tricky, the trick wife, the one that they pushed on him. Rachel was the one he really wanted. Is it possible that you are wanting what God does not want for you? Because as we navigate through the Bible, we find that Rachel was not God's choice. She was an idolater and God was 
pulling his people out of idolatry. How can God be pulling you out of something that you really desire? Isn't it that like us human beings, we really want what is not good for us? Rachel was beautiful on the outside. Satan makes sure that things that you should not want are very beautiful on the outside. But on the inside, they will lead you to death and destruction. Rachel was not God's choice. She was beautiful. She was lovely, fair to look at, all of that, love of his life. But she was not God's choice because she was not wired to take him to his destination. And at some point in the journey, she had to be taken out. The script had to exclude her. Bible tells us that she has Joseph. Joseph is the father's beloved because he was a child of his, it was his love child that came out of his love relationship with Rachel, his heart. And years after, Rachel has another baby and dies in the process of having that baby. Before that happened, Jacob and his family had left Laban, Rachel's dad and Jacob's uncle, because Jacob had served for so long, for 20 years actually, and it was now time to go. And Rachel had stolen his her father's idol. And hid the idol in a sack of, um, in a, let's call it her luggage. And when Laban was looking, Jacob sat, I mean, Rachel sat on the sack and pretended that she was having light, that she was having her period. And Jacob, of course, didn't know. And in anger, he pronounced a curse that later showed up in Rachel's life because as she was having Benjamin, she died, named him son of sorrow. So Benjamin grew up without a mother. Benjamin grew up not knowing who his mother was. Rachel died in her prime. And yet, God was writing a master story. Yes, he was going to use Joseph, but Rachel had to be taken out of the way because Rachel was not good for the the remaining part of the journey. Jacob, of course, is heartbroken. That was his love. That was the one he really wanted. Is it possible that what you really wanted is not good for you? I repeat that. Is it possible that what you really want is not good for you? And God sees that. And by force, since you will not hear, he removes that thing. The first strike in Jacob's life was that he was not given Rachel. Someone will say that that should have been enough sign. But no, Jacob was hellbent. Is it possible that you are dogged about what you should not have? And God also, he is dogged about what you should have. Fast forward, so Jacob is hated by his brothers because of all the attention he gets from their father. Understandably so, how can we come? This child is the 11th child, so and he comes and makes nonsense of our own existence. The truth is, that kind of parenting will bring trouble in your household. So if you prefer one child to the other children, you make it look that that child is the golden fish and every other child might as well be just any other fish. And you start to sow seeds of envy and jealousy amongst your own. My dear friend, if that describes you, that is trouble in the making for you. You should not have to go that way. I beg you in the name of God, don't go that way. 
Joseph gets a coat of many colors, gets to be distinguished. So his brothers had gone to the fields and he was at home. You can argue that in many ways he's too young or he's too preferred to be doing the menial work. He's a spoiled brat and because God's hand was on him, he had to teach him the lessons of life. He had to be rugged. He had to learn because he wasn't going to learn those lessons in his father's house anyway. So this day came, Jacob the father sends Joseph to go and check up on his brothers. His brothers see him afar off and they decide, oh, let's kill him. All that is dreams. Before then, Joseph had dreamt twice. First time he dreamt his brothers were bowing down to him. Second time he dreamt his father and mother were, and his brothers were bowing down to him. Hey, if you were his, his brothers, would you be as forgiving? Or will you not be jealous? Will you not wonder what who the hell do you think you are? Hey, because how they felt was not out of place, really. Yes, Joseph had God's hand on his life. But then, hey, that is not how to go. Don't raise children, making some other children feel unwanted, irrelevant, inadequate, and all of that. You are creating problems for your future. And that problem is... It's not good. It's years of pain that Jacob would have to um, endure because of this is action. The brothers see him, the, the debate whether he should be killed or he shouldn't be killed. In the end, they sell him into slavery. Joseph finds himself in a strange land where they do not regard him. Yes, or God, you are royal where you are coming from but here you're just a slave and you will do what slaves do the only thing we have going for him is the fact that god's hand is upon him god's favor is upon him so my dear friend you may be in the valleys of your life you may be in the night times of your life you may be in the dark tunnels of your life but god's hand may still be on you you just need to watch the signs you just need to read the signposts and see how god is moving with you Joseph finds himself in Potiphar's house as a slave and he's there serving faithfully. Joseph is fair to look on and Madame Potiphar loved Joseph to the point of sin. She wanted Joseph in her bed. What that tells me is that it's always either with one or two things. Madame Potiphar is, Potiphar's eyes are wandering or she's deprived another victim of life. Hey, whichever one, whichever side that you are on, I just want you to know that you are not alone. Nothing has happened to you that has not happened to other people before. In time, Madame finds and the opportune time drags Joseph, come and lie with me. I like you. Come and lie with me. You would have noticed that I like you anyway. Come and lie with me. Joseph determines that he was not going to sin against God because he recognizes God's hand was in the matter. Yes, I may be in the valley of my life, but I am not blind to the fact that God's hand is upon me and I am here to to reveal God or to manifest God. Suppose that your life, yes, you are finding yourself in unfamiliar terrains, things you didn't ask for. I didn't do anything to deserve this. Joseph must have thought, but God's hand was on it. God is the master craftsman and he was weaving this huge tapestry, this beautiful tapestry called Joseph's life. Actually, Joseph's design was that he was going to deliver his whole nation, but his circumstance didn't look like that at that moment. The end of 
Madame Potiphar and Joseph's encounter lands Joseph in prison. Another dark turning. You would have thought that God would have stopped, waded in at some point, and would give Joseph a respite. After all, he was innocent. How do we know this? He said that to the to his fellow prisoners when he was interpreting their dreams. He said, Look, I'm innocent. All my life I've wanted, I've served my father, served my God in the process, and here I am here. Hey, let me stop there right now. Are you one of those that you're doing everything you know to do and yet it is not enough? You are doing everything. The more righteous you are trying to be, the more in trouble you find yourself. If that describes you, know this. You are not alone. Joseph went before you and his life was God's testimony of greatness, God's testimony of foresight, God's testimony of providence, God's testimony of nothing can be annulled, that which God has spoken cannot be unspoken, that which God has set in motion cannot be retract. Know this, your life is in God's hands and God is going somewhere with it. So do not waste your season. What we know of Joseph is that every season of his life, he was faithful. He didn't understand what was going on. What was happening to him was not fair in the physical, but it did not remove from the fact that he was faithful, he was dutiful, and he was favored. That may be you, faithful, dutiful, and favored. Joseph was. In time, the his fellow prisoners, the butler and the baker of the king, found themselves dreaming and Joseph interpreted their dream. And in sending the, 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 the servants of the king away, he said to them, remember me. There are times in your life that you may feel that God has forgotten you and you are by yourself calling for remembrance, calling to people for remembrance. Let me tell you, the arm of flesh will fail. It is not a man to save another man. God is your salvation. God is your light and God is your salvation and God is your help. Look to him alone. The psalmist says, I will look up unto the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not suffer your foot to be moved. Behold, he who watches Israel, no fast slumbers, no sleep. God is not asleep. He's still at work in your life. Your job is to stay in the straight and narrow. It may be hard. It may be difficult. It may be, it may be senseless to you right now, but in time it will make sense. Joseph stays there unremembered. He's in prison for doing nothing wrong, but staying in the straight and narrow. And in time, the king had to dream. My dear, if you stay where God put you, the kings of this earth would have to dream and they will come and look for you. That is God's way of doing things. The king dreamt and his dream perplexed him and all his astrologers could not interpret the dream. Guess what? Joseph, who had been anointed, an anointed dreamer, who had been using his gift all along, he did not stop using his gift because he was in trouble. He was still serving with his gift. And word went around, hey, stay where God put you. In time, they will look for you. Don't look for, don't try and make the room for yourself. God knows how to make ways in the wilderness. And all you have to do is to follow him. They called for Joseph. Joseph knew enough to clean up himself. The look of the prison does not look like the one in the palace. So 
Understand, be always prepared, do your work, deploy your gift, serve your God, whether in the dungeon, whether in the light, whether in the night, whether in the day, serve your God. The king is coming for you. There will be a problem, a national problem that only you can solve. Because when Joseph was done interpreting Pharaoh's dream, Pharaoh said to Joseph, there's no other one who will do the job. Because Joseph didn't even say, Oga, I've interpreted your dream, so you need to give me a cut. No, he didn't say that. He was just doing his bit. God knows when to promote you. That is my point to you, my dear friend. God knows when what to do with you. He knows when to promote you. He knows what to do. And he will make it good in his own time. Bible says he, in there is a season for everything under the sun. He knows how to go. He created you and he had a plan for you. He knows how to go. Joseph interprets the king's dream, becomes prime minister, and in time, a national problem became a global problem. It was not just in Egypt that things were going to be rough. It was world over and it was going to affect his his kingsmen back in the land of Israel. They came, his brothers came looking for food, Thankfully, they, they were rich enough to afford whatever they, they needed, even in the time of famine. They came looking for food and life come full circle. If you, if you hang around long enough, life will come full circle. Your dreams will come true. His brothers came, events happen, and the, uh, Joseph reveals himself, the end of which his whole lineage comes to Egypt God gives them a special land. He, that which he has promised to them comes to fruition years after. 400 years after. Can you believe that? Can you believe that God's word, no matter how long it takes, it would always come to pass? The children of Israel were taken away from their land just like God told their forefather Abraham, he would export them and after 400 years, bring them back. They didn't know that was what was happening at that time, but God had already set things in motion. My dear friend, in your life, what is in motion? What season are you in? Are you morning, afternoon, or night? I want to say to you, whatever the season is, understand it. Underneath you are God's everlasting arms. God's eyes are always on you. It, darkness and light are the same to God. He's watching over you. He will not let you fall. He will not let your foot to be moved. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His promise to you is yes and amen. I'm saying to you, hold on. Understand your season. Live in your season. Stay faithful. Stay dutiful. And stay favored. God loves you. God wants you. God is interested in your case. God is invested in your case. Know this. You are not alone. You are not a lone traveler. God is working out something. As he's dealing with you, he's dealing with your fellow men. When it is all done, we would all understand. I love the song that says, try us dark on every hand. And we don't understand. The chorus says, by and by, when the trumpet sounds, when the saints of God are called home. We would understand it by and by. Sometimes we would understand it when we get to Jesus. Sometimes we understand it here. Know this, however it goes. If your life is in God's hands, leave it there. God knows what to do. He does not need your help. He does not need your help. He knows exactly what to do. What you are supposed to do 
is to follow his instructions. Do not presume on what God is doing in your life. Don't assume that, oh, I know how he will do with this thing. After all, this is how he dealt before. Don't assume. God has a mind. Your job is to find out what his mind is. He has left the Holy Spirit who is supposed to lead you into all truth, show you what the Father is thinking, and help you to see how God wants you to see. Don't go your own way. You don't know the road, so don't. you. If you go by yourself, you'll be led into too many frustrations. Follow the leader. Follow the Holy Spirit. I say to you, no matter what the season's, of life that you are in now, don't waste it. Don't wa- it may come with pain, it may come with joy, it may come with um all kinds of emotions. If you are in pain, look to God. If you are in joy, celebrate God, worship God. Either way, make sure that God is your constant companion because He's the God of the mountain, He's also the God of the valley. He is God everywhere. He is the lily of the valley. He is the rose of Sharon. Every season of life, God is there and is there. Don't waste your season. Understand this, my dear friend. God loves you and I love you. Um, before we go, are you subscribed to this channel yet? If you are not, how about you subscribe? And how about you tell your friends about this channel? How about you avail yourself of the books that I have written, walk with me in the footsteps of Jesus, strength for the journey, you will marry well, heart matters, life matters, navigating the night season, God's lady in waiting, prayer works, and walking the way of the cross, lessons in the school of power. All them are books that God has helped me to write and they are geared, they are designed to equip you for your walk with God. I pray you, I beg you, I plead with you. Let's enlarge this train. Let's move this thing forward. Let's make our father proud. I can't do it alone. That's why I'm asking you to join forces with me because together we will achieve much more. Thank you. Do have a very wonderful day. I love you. Bye-bye.